But let's start by talking about bugs, because that's what I always like to do. Uh, all across the eastern United States in the summer, from the Midwest to the East Coast, a fascinating phenomenon occurs. Millions of insects, known as cicadas, emerge from underneath our feet and begin a short but very noticeable mating season. This year, the generation of cicadas that's due to emerge is one of the largest ever recorded. It's called Brood 10. <laughs> and it's coming in the next few weeks. They're gonna be impossible to ignore. The insects leave behind remnants of their growing exoskeletons. And as the mating season begins, male cicadas will begin their famous mating call, which is a very loud, buzzing song to attract females. Professor Thomas Moore has studied bee insects for the University of Michigan since 1956. He is now retired. But his passion for studying cicadas hasn't waned a single bit. Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire spoke with him about what you need to know about the coming Brood 10. It is, but actually they're Periodical cicadas involve six species, three that are 13-year cicadas and three that are 17-year cicadas. Most of those I described uh, the, the species, so I'm the author of the names for them. Originally recognized them for the first time. Um, and uh, the songs are very different. It's easy to tell them apart by song. People just had ignored that for years. Many people thought there were just a single species of 17-year cicada and a, and a single species of 13-year cicada. It was never the case. What's really, really special about 2021 is that in the next coming weeks, in the next month, there is going to be a massive, I, I guess, would you call it a birth of cicadas uh, coming out of hibernation under the ground? It's uh, called an emergence. An emergence. All right. A massive emergence of, of cicadas that's being called Brood 10 is on its way. So let's get into what that exactly means. How, why is this happening and how people will notice it? You will notice it because you'll see cast skins of uh, juveniles. They've been living in the ground for 17 years. They come out, climb up uh, vegetation uh, a few feet and uh, then split their uh, juvenile skeletons and uh, the adults emerge and within 24 hours they begin singing and uh, they're large groups of uh, loud singing insects and uh, you can't ignore them <laughs> you're going to you're going to notice them you'll see the cast skeletons on vegetation uh, around uh, everywhere and uh, you, you'll hear the sounds Okay, so every 17 years, then, this enormous amount of cicadas emerges. Uh, right. So when, when, did this, when did this start, as far as, far as you know, uh, as a researcher? Nobody has any idea when it started. Uh, it's been going uh, probably uh, since the origin of time, and uh, in, certainly since the, the, the date of origin of the state of Michigan. 
And as this brood 10 emerges from the ground, they're going to make a lot of noise. They're going to leave a lot of remnants of, you said, their exoskeletons out on vegetation. So if folks are, you know, going out walking in a, in a state park or just even a neighborhood park, uh, that is what they may be coming across. Well, let's get into, uh, you know, just besides the amount of cicadas that will be emerging this time this year, what is special about this this brood? It covers a large part of uh, eastern United States. It includes three species that uh, have very three different, very different songs. And um, uh, so they're not all present everywhere. For instance, in Michigan, we'll mostly have a single species that uh, uh, we're likely to hear. But uh, uh Throughout the emergence area, there'll be three species all mixed in together, emerging at uh, the same time period. Uh, And uh, that in itself is remarkable that there's more than one species that's timed every 17 years, large emergence uh, of thousands of individuals that comes out all at once and then disappears for another 17 years, and you don't hear them in, in between. And now, given that you've been studying uh, not only cicadas, but but insects uh, with the University of Michigan for many decades, I assume you're you're excited to see this brood 10 uh, emerge since it's been 17 years since you, you know, were able to see and hear and study the last brood. I'm right. Gonna... I've been studying them uh, all my lifetime, and uh, I've... This, I've uh, visited about uh, 38 populations of the emergence of periodical cicadas in different parts of the eastern United States. They only occur in the eastern, in the United States, in, in the eastern United States, as a matter of fact. That's amazing. Yeah, this brood 10 is going to be uh, noticeable from, I believe, New York State to Illinois, um, uh, of course, here in Michigan, all the way south to, to about Georgia or so. What drew you to studying these insects? Well, it's such a fantastic phenomenon. Uh, you can't ignore them. Uh, I've worked on insect sounds for for my lifetime, and uh, uh, so I was always interested in the different kinds of sounds they produced. Uh, and uh, you just see them everywhere. You'll see the cast skeletons uh, from the emergence uh, from the soil. The emergers come out fix their claws and the vegetation they climb up on, and then they shed their juvenile skeleton and emerge as adults, and within 24 hours they're making a loud noise. Yeah, let's talk about that noise, because that's how that's how most people recognize cicadas. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, are cicadas colloquially known as June bugs, or is that something else? No, dune bugs are generally, that's a name that's restricted to uh, beetles. Good to know that. So with the sound that the cicadas make, that loud buzzing, it's kind of electrical to me, like an electric buzzing noise. Why do they do that? And what is the, what is the meaning of, of that particular sound? It's all about sex. That's how they reproduce. <laughs> That's how males find females, or females find males, actually. The males uh, do the singing, and females come close to the males, usually. Do they have to be that loud? Well, they don't have a choice. <laughs> they have evolved with that uh, kind of sound, and it's uh, pretty clearly been uh, an effective uh, 
volume of sound that's evolved over a good many generations. So uh, I'd say, yeah, they have to be or they'll fail, and they are. The, the populations in general are getting smaller and smaller. They are leaving fewer and fewer adults. Uh, actually, the forested areas, they live in forested areas, and the, the amount of forest in the United States has, be, has been dramatically de, uh, declining in the recent years. So they're declining on that account, and also because they're at the margin, it, uh, the, the, the environmental circumstances at the margins of populations uh, almost always uh, are marginal in the sense that the animals are barely able to hang in there. And uh, this is true all over. Wisconsin experienced the same thing, that they've noticeably uh, reduced their, uh, the people that worked on them in Wisconsin with the last emergence over what they had been before. So each each uh, each emergence is getting smaller population-wise. Right. They used to get larger, and now they're getting smaller. Yeah, emergence after emergence, there would be increasing numbers, but now it's getting smaller, and there are fewer places, fewer places with trees, and they've got to have trees to live on. Yeah, we, we all have to have trees to, to live. <laughs> I'm curious, with this population, and with cicadas in particular, where do they fit in the... Uh, web of life in the you know the evolutionary cycle. W- what do they feed on? Who feeds on them? And why is it important that this population uh, continues and doesn't decline? Well, they feed on uh, uh, plant juices, on the roots underground, and on the uh, branches uh, in uh, twigs above ground when uh, as as adults. But they live underground for 17 years and emerge for just a month or two uh, as singing adults reproduce, lay eggs, the eggs hatch. They, uh, when the, the young juveniles uh, from the hatched eggs drop to the soil, walk down or, or drop and dig into the soil, and they're there for 17 years. In one big area, you have one population uh, of 17-year cicadas, and it occurs uh, uh, just everywhere in that er- in that, that large area, and it will come out uh, in only in 17 years again. Part of the reason they have such large numbers is that everything eats them: birds, mammals, fishes. Even if they fall in the the water, they're eaten by fishes also. But uh, they're eaten just by everything. They don't have any defensive mechanisms that are effective. They just they sit there and they sing, and they're, they don't bite. They don't sting, and so they're easily captured and eaten. Their, their bodies are largely filled with an airspace, and that's what is involved in part with generating the uh, loud sounds. They have a, a hollow abdomen that's part of a uh, resonant structure that, that they're built with. And they have timbles, uh, ribbed timbles that snap in and out, being pulled by muscles in the thorax. 
and uh, that's where they generate the sound signals. Now, speaking of eating, as you mentioned, even mammals eat cicadas. I recently was watching PBS NewsHour, and they were speaking to a University of Maryland uh, entomologist who just wrote a cookbook, basically a recipe book on how to eat cicadas. Is this something that you've ever tried or come across in your oh, career? Of course. Uh-huh, several oh, yeah? times. I've eaten them raw and I've eaten them cooked. I, I prefer them uh, fried, but it's not a it's not something that I uh, really enjoy the flavor of. They're, they're good done and fried in uh, butter, for instance. But uh, once you get a fully formed adult and it's gotten its uh, typical coloration of black and red, they've got a lot of hard parts and they're just not very easy to eat them. So you want the young ones? Yeah, they've got the skeletons on the outside. So once the the skeleton gets fully formed and and hardened and darkened, uh, they're not nearly as tasty and not nearly as as, uh, easily eaten and and digested. Supposedly they go really well with a nice Merlot. With what? A nice Merlot wine. (laughs) Everything goes well with wine, right? (laughs) One last question. We're having some unusually cold weather uh, this week and last. Uh, is yes. that going to affect the emergence of the brood? And... Of course. Okay. Uh, it'll be delayed as long as the as it's cooler and uh, uh, no sun. Uh, they're still in the soil. The, the holes are open to the surface uh, from, uh, from which the emergers will come. But uh, they're still back down in their holes a little bit, feeding on the roots. What a cool way to start today's culture shift. That was retired University of Michigan entomologist Thomas Moore. He has been studying cicadas and more since 1956. By the way, that mating call that we were talking about, you're definitely gonna recognize it when it's here. It's gonna sound like this. That is the cicada mating call going to hear it in droves in the next few weeks as brood 10 begins to emerge in Michigan and across the eastern United States. Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire spoke with U of M's Thomas Moore.